Greetings in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor May J. Gibbons Sr. coming to you this morning from On the Wall Ministries. He'll be coming to you this morning at our worship hour. We thank God for you joining us this morning. Those who uh, joined us for our Sunday school hour, we thank God for you joining us. And, and we just thank God for you allowing us just to have this opportunity just to worship and to praise and to give God a word. I want a word for the Lord this morning to be able to reach out, touch somebody's life this morning that are dealing with uh, ups and downs, trials and tribulations, but we're all dealing with stuff. So we thank God for this morning. We're going to have a worship song. We'll ask my wife to come on. We'll get a worship song this morning, and then we'll get into our word for the morning. Good morning. There's power in the blood. I'll give you a little bit of that. Would you be free from the burdens of sin? There is power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you know evil or victory win? There is wonderful power in the blood. Wherefore, take on you the whole armor of God, yes. that you might 
might be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt with the truth and having the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith, uh, uh, the shield of faith wherein ye shall be able to quench all of the fiery thoughts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation yeah, which is the sword yeah. of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto in all perseverance and supplication for all saints forth and for me and the utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly Come to on, make man. known the mystery yeah. of the gospel yeah. for which I am an ambassador in bonds mm -hmm. that I therefore I may speak boldly yeah. as I ought to speak. May God mm -hmm. bless the reading and the hearing of okay. his holy and his righteous word. Yeah. You know, as a teenager growing up in the United States, we had this certain age when you got 18 years old, you have to go register uh, for the military service, uh, this dreaded physical that you had to get. And the physical was to determine if you were fit for military service. Yeah. And then they would take you through a series of GT tests that mm -hmm. determined what your skill level was. And these two uh, regiments of tests, they would decide what MO or which job title that they would offer you. The higher your score, the higher technical, the MOS they would offer you to see whether it best fit you to be able to do the job that the Army would desire you to do. You know, I had six brothers and, and a father that had passed their physical that even though Vietnam was raging at that time, I wanted to pass my test. Uh, that, that I, but I don't. I didn't want to go. I wanted to pass my test, but I didn't want to go. I, 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 I would have been, it would have been shameful for me to have my six brothers and my father to serve and I fail because I couldn't find to be fit enough to be able to enter into the military service. Failure was not an option to me. And, and, and so I desired to pass and to measure up like my dad and my brothers did that they were in uh, past and they were, uh, I, when I passed that test, I was so overjoyed mm. when I passed that test and when I got my GT score, that my G2 score was so high that they offered me uh, 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 MOS and military intelligence That's and an aerial surveillance yeah. specialist. And I, I found out to be fit isn't necessarily about physical abilities. No. And God has a place to fit your intellectual abilities as up. well as your up. physical yes, strength. So are you fit in every area of your life mm -hmm. for the task that God has in store for you at mm -hmm. hand? Mm -hmm. So how do you fit into God's plan? Mm -hmm. That's the question we should ask this morning. So I want to talk to you for a minute on the subject fit to battle. Fit to battle. Let come us pray. On, Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. But as we come, Lord, we mm -hmm. ask that you would mm -hmm. just Lord, your dear servant, down in the deep well of thy salvation, yeah. touch my lips yeah. that I may boldly say those things you have yeah. laid upon my heart. Yeah. Lord, let me be able to preach Christ yeah. and him crucified to this dying world, yeah. that they might know that Christ is alive and well. Yeah. Lord, we thank yeah. you and we praise you. In Christ yeah. Jesus' name we do pray. Let every heart say, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Fit to battle or fit for battle. Yes, you know, I, I'm going to make a bold statement. Yeah. 
God didn't pick down and out folk to follow him as disciples uh, because uh, they, they, they just wouldn't be able to stand up. In order for you to become a, an apostle uh, that started out in the early church, I believe that God looking for industrious men. Yeah. Industrious men, men that were working. Work. Men had farming jobs and fishing jobs and, mm. and governmental jobs even. Yeah. And to initiate this newfound gospel that, that, that God wanted to be able to show to the world uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection and his ascension, Jesus left not highly educated men, mm -mm. but truly what? Industrious men, men that yeah. were able to work and to carry yeah. out the job that God yeah. had called them to do. Yeah. I was a member of a Bible ministry uh, before I came into the gospel ministry, Gideon's International. Mm -hmm. Gideon's International is just uh, a Bible-placing uh, ministry that goes about placing Bibles in the hotels, in the, uh, 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 in the hospitals, mm -hmm. in the, the waiting rooms, the doctor's offices, and, and he gives them out to what, sixth graders and high school seniors when yeah, they graduate. Yeah, yeah. The Gideon's ministry. See, what, what, what the Gideon's wanted to do is to help us to understand hmm. that they wanted, they weren't to recruit non-Christian men. Mm -mm. They wanted to recruit Christian men yeah. so that they can be able to be ready to do the work that God had and started them to do. Yeah. You know, there are ministries for building up men, but the Gideon's ministry said, we are not building up men. Yeah. We want men that the church has already has written a resume on, for. They on, want man. you to be active in your yeah. local church and ready to go into battle. So just as Jesus, mm -hmm. the Gideon's want to select not down and out men. We want men that has been validated by their faithfulness That's and up. their stewardship uh, to the church, working yeah. uh, as industrious men uh, to be able to bring their faith and advance the kingdom of God and the Gideon's ministry to be able to place Bibles all around the world. So they wanted men that had already been established. That's so up. even in the New Testament, God picked freshly uh, educated Moses. Then yes, he, he came out of the uh, Pharaoh school. Mm -hmm. He was an educated. But what he did, he let him shepherd in the wilderness for 40 years in yes, media uh, to build his resume. On, you know, the story on, of Gideon, think about it. I was reading it this morning. The story of Gideon cutting, coming down from what? Tens of thousands of troops and down to 600 and down to 300, then down to what? 100. Yep. See, the thing is, they had to call them down for those who are fit for battle. On, you can't go into battle on. for people that are not fit for battle. Look, look at on. Abraham, Lot, and Job, and Saul, and David, all of the Old Testament writers and prophets, John the Baptist, Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and many of the 70, they weren't down and out. Come on. They were people who had work ethics. Yes. See, God can and has taken down and out men and women and made them spiritually and financially rich, yes. but that's not the mode, and that's not the model that God has. No, he not. didn't go from intellectual uh, for or lazy into industrial men and women to be able to do the work. It's good. You can flip some folks but you need folk that has a work ethic. So Jesus said, few, for many are called, but what? Few, few are chosen. Few. Just as Gideon, 32,000 were called, but only 300 found him. Yeah, huh? so. Fit the battle. Fit so. means what? Spiritually, physically, yep. financially, yep. emotionally, yep. mentally, right. morally, economically, industrially, and faithfully what? Committed uh, holistically <laughs> to the shape of 
and uh, to exercise God's plan for your life. Amen. Ready to go without any excuses. Huh? Come on, How many of us come up with excuses? Say. Ready to go without any hindrances and excuses. Say. Jesus told those that asked to follow him. But all of them gave what? Excuses. Excuse one said that I had to go marry somebody. The other one said I had to get a field ready. The other one said that had to. Everything came up with excuse. And Jesus said, follow me. Suffer me first to go and bury my father. Then the other one said, let me bury them. Jesus said, let the dead bury the again. And then the other one said, that, that uh, let me go and first and then say farewell to my friends and relatives. He said, no man will put his hand to the plow and then look back. It's Come fit for the kingdom Come of heaven. Come Come said. He said, fit see. for the kingdom of heaven. See, see our commitment to God must be of a good soldier with no excuses to be able to get us ready for the fight. Yeah. My commitment is to use every opportunity every to get fit for the battle that, that is now and the battle that is coming. Yes, so is. as I earlier said, our family know much about military. And I thought that when I was younger that I thought about being able and willing to enlist in the military for my country. My father and most of my relatives that I told earlier had been in. My father was in World War One, telling us stories about him being in France and Germany, laying railroad digging ditches. You may not be in the military and to defend your country or war. You may never be in a military operation at all. But the thing about it is you need to still understand how to deal with warfare. Yeah. Even yeah. what you can learn from a book or TV is not the same as actually being in first-hand action. Yeah. It's yeah. a whole lot different than yes, being reading about it than being involved in yeah. it. I I yeah. do understand that a Christian, I am constantly up against the enemy of the world every day. And yeah. then I play yeah. a role yeah. in helping to defeat the enemy. I know that when the time comes uh, to defend my faith, that the truth of Jesus Christ, I better be ready. Better. I need to be ready. Come this on, country man. was not involved yeah. in a war, but what? But we are. Huh? Our country never went to Vietnam. Uh, in, in a sense, Vietnam never came to our country, no, but no. we went to Vietnam. Yes, but the problem is that still that we were still in a war. Yes, we were. All Christians, we are in a war. Yeah. And we are in a war which the Bible talks about a spiritual war. Spiritual. And I knew then, just uh -huh. as I knew then, <laughs> I would be better fit to fight this yes. battle because the enemy is ready. Yeah. He's ready. And the spiritual Baby. enemy that you are up against, they fit to fight. Come you on. need to be fit to fight also. Yes, so yes. what's the first thing that we can do in order <laughs> to get fit to fight this battle to God? First of yeah. all, I think that we always, we need to learn, I told you, identify the enemy. Yep. You got to recognize the battle and identify the enemy. Paul is writing this letter so that he know at the book of Ephesians to prepare the people to be able to fight this battle that they are facing. You know, Ephesus was a pagan affluent city and much accessible to Asia by land and by sea, but it was most noted for the temple of Artemis or the Greek goddess of fertility. The Romans later called her Diana. In yep. the temple of Diana was one of the seven wonders of the world. It was 425 feet length, almost a football field and a half, and 220 feet wide. Its chief attraction, however, was this image of Diana. Yep. Uh, Diana said, who have fallen 
directly from heaven all the way to earth. And then the temple was so popular among the pagans at the time in Ephesus that it emerged as the religious center of all Asia. Yeah. And so it should be little wonder that Paul showed up in Ephesus when he met this opposition from the locals uh, as he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he stated in no uncertain terms that there are no gods. What you call a god, there is no god. There is only but one god. And that god is the revealed to us in the scriptures yes. and in Jesus Christ who is fully God, fully man, who rose bodily from the dead. Keep yes. in mind that Ephesus had a great thing going on. They had a thing going on. They would buy statues and trinkets that related to Diana. It was an entrepreneur's dream. Yes. If you wanted to make something, you could make it there. You could there make you all go. of the trinkets. You there could you sell go. everything. You could win. Diana had a thing going. Yes, the silversmith. They had upset because Paul came in and, and took their money away from them. Yeah. Everybody got excited Come about it. Now. And there were merchants all over the city selling anything and everything related to Diana. Yeah. The temple had acted as a treasure house. They were making so much money. Woo. It became very influential power in the ancient world. Artists had become to paint the great status of this goddess Diana. Mm. Pilgrims will flock from all over to worship in Ephesus, this Diana. It was more like Mecca or Rome today. It, this letter, Paul had identified who the enemy was. And he knows that the people in Ephesus knew who the enemy was at hand. Yep. And the enemy knew that the temptations from these believers in this city will pull them away from their worship of Diana. Yes. And I would have to say that the city and the people of Ephesus are not much different than the world that, they, that we live in. So I ask the question, where is your Diana? If you're not worshiping Diana, you're worshiping something other than the uh, the God of our salvation. Yeah. So where else do you worship besides going to church? Huh, do you worship your job? Do you worship your car? Do you worship other things in your life? I'm not sure, but what makes a, a, a car something that you worship? I, 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 there's a commercial, I believe it's Hyundai. Hyundai got a commercial out. He <laughs> said there's something to believe in. And they, they're selling you a car. That's a joke, ain't it? Yes, they're selling you a car uh -huh. and they're telling you that that vehicle should be something, something. to believe in. Yes. See, we can worship all kinds of things, ain't yes, it? Things seem harmless to us. Yeah. And sometimes they take our worship that should be worship given unto God. See, but when we worship this stuff, we turn this stuff into our gods. Yes, no yes. different than Ephesians were worshiping a statue of stone. We worship the almighty dollar, ain't it? Yes. We worship everything. Come so on. what was the first commandment that God had given unto Moses? Uh -huh. Do you think that somehow God just coincidentally put it in the first and put it other one in the last? Come Did on, he man. just Come accidentally do on, that? You see, the thing about it is he knew that if you put anything first before God, hey. that becomes your God. Hey. Do you Come think on, that God just did that? Yeah. See, not only did he want us to face it, but it would be a huge temptation big enough that this commandment needs to be number one in number the list one. of ten. Yeah, that yeah, I should yeah, have yeah. no other God no, before me. So That's in it. fact... The first two commandments of this list is talking about making false idols. Yes, Paul addresses the problem further. Early in his ministry, people at Corinth, he says to them in 1 Corinthians 10 and 19, mm -hmm. 
what say I then that the idol is anything or that which is offered to sacrifice the idols is anything? Uh -huh. Do we mean that uh, that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything uh -huh. or that an idol is anything? No, but no. the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons yes. huh? and not to the God. And yes. I do not want to be in participating with demons. No. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons at the same yeah. time. And you cannot take part at the table of the Lord yeah. and the table of vegan yes. at the same time. No, 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 God no. just made, Paul just made this connection, see. Yes, he, did. he said that you're not worshiping me, you're worshiping that other thing, yes, see. Worshiping and sacrificing like pagans is for demons. Yes, it is. Um, worshiping and sacrificing is for demons. And God does not want us to participate with demons. No, we not. should not fellowship with them, nor should we sacrifice anything toward them. Said preacher. So in this battle, again, we must what? Recognize the enemy. Recognize. Look at your Bibles in Ephesus, Ephesians 6, chapter 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. So who is the battle we fighting against? Huh? Hey, hey. He says, against the devil, yes, against are. the rulers, against what authorities, and against powers of darkness, against spiritual forces in what? High places. Yeah. It says heavenly realms that we are fighting against. Yes, the are. battle is not against another person, no. even around us like pagans that are sacrificing idols and demons. And that's not the battle. The battle is not against them. The battle is against Satan, his schemes, and his demons. I hope that we can all agree that Satan is real, ain't it? Yes. And that yes. Satan is our enemy. Yes. And, and because the bad news is that a majority of people just don't believe it. We got folk that said, don't think the devil is real. Nope. Huh, he's real just as well as God is real. The, yes. the, the, the demonic power. There is a yang and yang of everything that we have. Yes, there is an up and a down yeah. of everything in nature. Yeah. There's a positive and a negative. There's a right and there's a wrong. And there's a God and there's a devil. Yes. Everything is to come, is, is to have what? The, I think one scripture says it brings schism. God brings schism in the church to bring us into a knowledge of him. If you can't tell and identify the enemy, how are you going to fight against the enemy? Learn to identify the enemy and know that the enemy is real. Yes, he's real. So, friends, we should know and understand that Satan is real and evil is real. And that's our number one enemy as believers in Jesus Christ. So, now one question for the spiritual warfare is, which side are you on? Huh? Which side are you on? And before you answer too quick, what I want to do is what Paul was teaching, worshiping to false gods, whatever they are, is also worshiping demons. If you worship a false god, anything is a demon. You ain't got no gods and demons. God and demons. So when you think about the sacrifices that we make in our lives daily, what do we make them to God or do we make them to something to believe in? Come on, preacher. I'm getting back to that card. Again. Come on, preacher. We, we want to believe in something to believe in. Yes, we do. Uh, instead of putting it in the real stuff. Jesus. See, God is real, ain't he? Evil is real. And when you believe that, answer the question, who is the enemy hmm. of our spiritual battle? Hmm. And which side are we on? Jesus. Uh, see, everybody thinks you're fighting against the devil. No, some folk with him. Yes, they are. He got his agents, ain't yeah. he? Yeah. And look, I, I said, I, I spoke at this church out church in Christ. They are organized. Yes, they are organized. They're organized. They got the media. They got TV. 
They, they got the popular people on media behind them. Yes, so they, they are organized. They are so organized. don't think you can go in there and tittle and paddle. You remember the seven sons of Sceva? Yep. The seven sons of Sceva going to go in there and drive out the spirit, but they won't. They say, I know Jesus. I know Paul. Who you? Who you? See, you can be messing around with some spirits when you are not fit to battle. You're going to get run over. you got to be fit to battle to do this work God has called us to do. So once we identify the enemy, what did we do to prepare for a battle? Paul is addressing this city of Ephesus, which already learned is a major play in the world. Paul knows that when he writes this letter, he explains how we prepare for battle in ways that these people could know and understand. He makes very relevant to the people that he's addressing. Perhaps was inspired by the look at the Roman soldier. So you look in chapter 6 and verse 11, and again in verse 13, uh, God through Paul tells our part of the full armor of God. Yeah. And this is one way in which we can prepare for battle. Yeah. And here in verse 14, God tells us what equipment we will need for our daily warfare. Yeah. He tells us to put on the belt of truth Ooh. around our waist. Yes. So what the belt do? Yeah. The belt helps us to hold oh, things up, oh, ain't it? Oh, and oh, if oh. you want to stand on the word of God, you yeah. need the belt of truth yeah, so that you can stand up. Yeah. Hey, that's what the belt of truth. So this helps us to proclaim the right word and the truth of God. Yeah. The next thing that he has directed us to put on is the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. So what is the breastplate? Play the righteousness. Later on, the people of Thessalonica, Paul explains to them this tool is for our spiritual war. First yeah. Thessalonians 5 and verse 8 said that putting on the best plate of faith and yeah. love. See, that faith and love is what is righteous. And notice that this is our breastplate. And then I just love how the plate of faith and love, the plate of righteousness, is what's used to put on the cross over the chest covering our hearts. See, the breastplate of faith and love is what covers us, that keeps us safe. And our feet should be fitted for readiness, charged with the preparation of righteousness that comes from the gospel of peace. So when we are ready to fight, be prepared and fit for battle. Again, I hope those troops that are in our uh, prepared for battle. If you want to be a troop for the Lord, you need to be prepared for battle. I hope you know what to do. They jump out of planes in the army, don't it? And they face their enemy on the front lines, don't it? As friends, we better be prepared. Prepared to face the enemy yes, on the front line. front line. If you need to jump out of plane, you better be ready to jump out of plane. If you're ready to go to the front line, you better be ready to go to the front line. See, there are many ways to prepare. Uh, and this morning and every Sunday morning in the sanctuary that you should be ready to get into the war room in a place to prepare for the battle that God has before us. There are many leading and commanding officers in any army have additional training. We commanders of the army of the church, we need to have some additional training. We need to be able to get ready to do the work God has called us to do. See, we want to we want to have a job, but we don't want to come to Sunday school. We want to be in the army, but we don't want to come to Bible study. You need to get some schooling and training to be able to get this thing done that God has called you to do. So we put on the the belt of truth. Yes, we do. The breastplate of righteousness. Mm. Our feet charred with the preparation of the, of the gospel and ready for action. Yes. So what else? 
Mm. Well, God tells us to take up three things. To take up the shield of faith. Okay. Friends, sometimes our faith is all we have, huh? Yes. And like oh. most atheists yes. like to point out, there is no scientific evidence of the existence of God. And those that are unbelievers like to attack us with this. Come and on, they yeah. attack Come other on, aspects of our faith. Come but on. our faith is our shield. Ain't yes, it? it is. Uh, by the way, oh, there are two Greek that. names for yeah. shield in the soldier use. One yeah. small shield is called an aspis. And the second is called a thoris. And which is a full-length shield that's always from your head all the way down to your body. And guess which Greek shield is used to describe the shield of faith? It's the Taurus shield. Yes, you got to be shielded from your head yes, all the way down. You don't need yes. no small shield no. to be able to just cover your heart. No, See, it will not. cover your heart, but folks going to go after other things. Yes, they See, are. if they can't get to your heart, they're going to get to your children. Yes. They're going to get to your family. Yes. They're going to get to your job. Yes. They're going to get ah. to your ministry. They're going to come at you in other ways. So you need to have the Taurus shield yes. hey, that Lord. cover the whole body. Oh. And we can use the shield to defend our faith and God's truth by his word. Attacks like arrows are metaphors of sin that comes at us. And the words that the wicked speaks against God, our shield. Mm -hmm. Should be able to quench all of the fiery dots of the enemy. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. We should take up the heel of salvation, the helmet yeah. of salvation. Paul uses this imagery in 1 Thessalonians and he calls it the hope of salvation. Yes, Again, yes. notice the helmet protects what? It protects our heads, see? Yes, and does. if you contend uh, that our salvation has to do with our minds and our heads, See, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and with all your strength. See, we are what? To use our minds and our hearts and our souls and, and it must be something to do with our salvation. In other words, think. Start using your heads. And, and then finally, God gives us a weapon to use. Everything else is our defense. Now he gives us our offense weapon, which is the what? The sword. The sword of the spirit, which is what? The oh, word of God. Oh, yes. Our weapon against evil is the what? Is the, the Holy word. Bible. We must use the word of God to be able word. to fight this enemy. And, and our enemy, our, our, we must know in our minds, we must live in our heart, in our bodies. We must believe with our heart. The Bible is our only offensive weapon against the evil of this world. And, and, and it's for what? Of profitable for doctrine and teaching, for reproof, <laughs> for rebuking, for correction, for yes, training, yes. for instruction in yes. righteousness. And our doctrine should reflect the Bible. And when it does not, then we are no longer useful to be able to use it to fight this battle. The Bible is not just for Sundays. Come on now. Huh? Would our soldiers be on the front lines and leave their weapons at home? Come on, preacher. Huh? No. No, we are doing this battle that we are armed, and we should be what? Armed also for those that live, uh, that their Bible's up on the shelf. Get them down, wipe them off, dust them off, polish them up, and use it for the sword to fight this battle you're in. Our weapons are useful in the spirit if God will allow us to be able to use that word of God to be able to fight. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 said, For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? but mighty through God by the pulling down a stronghold. See, God is what makes our armor useful. Also note that there is no protection for a person's backside. Huh? If you turn and run, that's on you. 
Huh? God is not looking for men and women that are running. If you turn, your back will become vulnerable. Yeah. The only way to be able to be protected in this battle is for you to go straight forward. Go straight face your enemy. Be brave and don't turn back. And notice that God hey, only hey. directs us to take that offensive weapon and everything yeah. else is defensive. You can see the battle is a defensive yes. battle. So once you have identified the enemy, we are fully prepared yes. to fight this battle with a full arm of yes. God on. That we can be able to stand and firm and mm. stand against the wiles of the devil. So there are three ways to stand. First, you stand against the enemy. Yes. Then second, you stand in truth. And then third, you stand in righteousness. Right. And then after that, you pray. You pray all occasions with all of your requests and all of your petitions. Pray for the help in this battle that you're in. Pray for others that are in the battle. Pray soon and often because you need everything. So as we close, Paul closes this section by giving us our orders. He, he's the commander in chief of this battle that we're in. And these are his final orders. And Paul is telling us, he said, then no longer effort being tossed yeah. back and forth in ways that, that we are every wind and mm. teaching by the cunning and craftiness of men in that deceitful scheme. See, how do you stand firm in a battle? We stand firm by knowing deceit and ready for it and be alert for it. Understand when evil is around you. I told you, identify the enemy. Know when he is around. Know how he uh, his, his tactics are. Yeah. Learn how to identify his tactics in his way. So please use your mind. Yeah. Put your helmet of salvation on and then start thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. So how do we speak boldly? It says uh -huh. that when you should speak in truth and may grow in you all things and the head, even Christ, whom is the whole body, fitly jointed together and compacted that every joint supplies according to the effectual working and measure of every part, making increase of the body and edifying of God itself in love. Amen. Knowing what God wants to do and being relevant to the people around us doesn't come naturally. You know, it takes what? Creating a vibrant relationship with God and then a transparent relationship with him and then with your fellow man and then will allow you to be able to examine and clean your own life yes. up to mature in your own faith. Then we'll have this powerful effect on those that are around us. You start impacting those around us. I think I put on Facebook the other day here, how are you impacting those people yes, around yes, you? Yes, yes, If you are growing and nobody around you, you is growing, growing, maybe something is wrong. Huh? Yes. See, you should be teaching stuff to help you grow, yep. but you need to be teaching stuff to help them grow. The Bible says, study to show yourself a group. Huh? Unto God, a workman yes. needed not to be ashamed, yes. rightly dividing the what? The word of truth. Yes. He said, shun vain and profane babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Yeah. See, the word study. It comes from this word mean being honest or use all dispatch or be yes, diligent yes, or make yes, every effort. Yes. See, my encouragement to you this morning before we close is to ask God for so much love, mm. a love for him and a love for the law and a love for fellow man so that we can disciple and, and to serve and to work and do that work you've called us to do. Let us take the time and effort to learn about him that we'll be ready to run this race that we're going on. So when the gun goes off, we'll be ready to run. By speaking the truth in love, we all 
uh, give the things around us an opportunity to grow in him, that who is our head, that is which is Christ. So we speak the truth in love, and you see evil is our enemy. Yeah. Satan is real. We must be prepared. We must stand in truth. We must be able to talk boldly in defense of the truth of God's word, to make known the mysteries of the gospel in peace and in love. In other words, we should be fit yes. for the battle that God has set before us. In order for you to get fit for battle, you got to put on the what? The whole armor of God. You got to put on all of the defensive weapon, but you also have to put on that yeah. offensive weapon. Get the word of God in your heart. It's the sword of the spirit that will help you not only to defend, but you can be able to go on the offense. You'll be able to be fit to battle this old enemy that comes to us to kill, steal, and destroy. But God said, not only did I came, but I came to give you life, and you have life more abundantly. So let's get fit for battle. Let's get ready to fight the fight of faith. Let's get ready to go out and defend the kingdom of God against the wiles of the devil that we face each every day. But we cannot face him in our natural. We got to be able to face him with the spiritual weapons in the warfare that we can be able to go and fight him with everything that we need and to be able to come out successful. God has given us the victory, everything to win this victory, but we got to be able to fight this fight of faith with all of the weapons God has provided for us. God bless you this morning. May heaven ever smile upon you. We need to be ready to fit the battle, fit to fight, fit to be able to fight this fight of faith to be able to accomplish the great work God has called us to do. God bless you. May heaven have a smile upon you. Is there one this morning that do not know Lord Jesus Christ as the personal Savior? We open the doors of our church now to invite you to come in, to be a part of our ministry here at On the Wally Ministries. Uh, we, we hope to get back into full uh, attendance, getting back into full fellowship in our sanctuary in the months of September. But we are asking for your prayers. Pray for our ministry here. Pray for the work that we are doing. That some lost soul, someone that is struggling, someone that is going through, that will hear our words of encouragement and be blessed and feel like that they need what uh, is being offered through the word. To be able to encourage them and to make their life what it should be. God bless you today. May heaven ever smile upon you. We'll see you on Friday at our Bible Institute hour again next Sunday for our Sunday school and our worship broadcast. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. Let us stop. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We hopefully that we've said some things to encourage us and to be able to help us to be better soldiers in this army. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And we ask for your strength. We ask for your patience. We ask for your love. Just build us up, O oh Lord, and help us to be able to be that which Jesus desires to be. Bless the sick, the suffering, and the bereaved. We pray for the lost families. Pray for the Father Richardson family at Piney Hill. Pray for all those that are going through. Bless this, all those that do not know you in the pardon of their sin. Help them to be able to turn their hearts to you while this still day. Lord, you said when nighttime comes, no man works. So we thank you and we praise you. May the grace of the Lord and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with us henceforth and forever. Let every heart say, Amen.